Hey, this is Clark, and welcome to the Paleo Hacks Podcast. This week, our friend and fellow podcaster from the Fat Burning Man Show, Abel James, is making his third appearance back to the Paleox podcast. I always love talking with Abel. He's a fun, lively guy. And selfishly, from a host perspective, when you get another host on the call, it's just a really, you you can let them take the driver's seat and kind of cruise. So uh, this one, though, in terms of content, what we get on, he was recently on TV, uh, like ABC, on My Diet's Better Than Your Diet. So we go over that entire experience, what he learned coaching someone from overweight and out of shape to, um, I think he won the show. I don't know. Don't hold me to that. Go find out in this show. This was a long time ago. We recorded it. Um, We get into some of his biggest health and wellness tips that you can apply today, walking away from the call so you can be happier, healthier, and uh, inspired. Aside from that, paleohacks.com is the place to go for everything paleo and more. We got our blog, archives. Also, on social media, if you're not following us over there, be sure you do so. We're blowing it up with daily kind of micro content that that still is very educational and uh, entertaining. If you want to get a hold of me, Clark at ClarkDanger.com. Go ahead and email that anytime. That's my email address, as well as going over to clarkdanger.com slash download and you'll get the free 11 questions to change your life and stay up to date on everything. All right, I will see you back here after the show, but without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Abel James. Okay, Paleo Hackers, with me is the New York Times bestselling author of The Wild Diet, but you may have recently seen him on ABC's My Diet is Better Than Yours. Abel James, thanks for coming back, man. Thanks so much for having me, Clark. Round 3.0. Round 3. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> Third time's the charm, man. So uh, I got a big TV star over there. You know, our, you were there at the beginning. Yeah, I was there You know at how the small I am. <laughs> I know your humble beginnings, Abel. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, I mean, have you gotten anyone approaching you in the grocery store when you're trying to buy things or a farmer's market or anywhere? Has that has that been kind of surreal? Yeah, all the time. It's so funny because really? I'm like a, a a Whole Foods health food store celebrity now, <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily extend beyond that. It, it does in some ways. It's uh, airports for sure. I was in Airport. Mexico a couple of weeks ago and someone's just like, oh, my God, are you able? I have your book right here. And I'm just like, yes, this is, you brought my book to Mexico. I guess this is working. So it's uh. It's really I love that that people are uh, they I, I think it's the combination of, you know, seeing me on TV or seeing my book with the fact that I'm constantly out there on the Internet, social media and interacting with people. So it's not like one of those things where uh, the whole I mean, the whole celebrity thing is made up anyway. Right. You kind of have this fake thing where there are these people who are idols and then everyone else, the, yeah. the masses. And in real life, it's, it's really not like that. Having hung out with a lot of celebrities, they are absolutely 100% real people. And that's, I want to help people realize that because uh, there's a lot of sales that kind of comes from traditional Hollywood media that tries to put everyone up on a pedestal. And it's just not like that. Well, there's something still really alluring about network television and like the big time TV show. Like that's, you know, everyone can do a YouTube channel. Everyone can do a Twitter, Facebook, all right, thousand people, whatever. But when you're on TV, it's like that guy's got something. Right. Whether that's 
fair or not is another question, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, that, that totally happens. And one of the things that really caught me off guard at the beginning is I would have people, uh, after I did the show and after it went really well, obviously, um, people would come up to me and they're just like, Abel, I've been listening to you for like three or four years, but you know, I, I understood a lot of this stuff intellectually, but I never actually did it until I saw you on TV. Hmm. And I'm just like, "Eh, really? (laughs) At first I was like bummed out about that, right? Because being on TV shouldn't be the thing that makes them do it. But I think what that meant is, is basically what you said, you start taking it a little bit more seriously. And sometimes that, that causes people to take action. And even more than that, uh, I think what it was is seeing someone, you know, I, I started with someone who is, his name's Kurt, who's become a great friend. He started at 352 pounds, uh, more than 50% body fat. And basically just off of his deathbed with, he, he could have died any day, literally with all the medical problems he had. Um, skip ahead to 14 weeks later, he's lost 87 pounds, 22 percentage points of his body fat. Whoa, it's yeah. like he's, you know, 15 years younger. And when people see that and they, they take, you know, you take this grandpa who's about to die and then you give him 15, 20 years of his life back. I think that's inspiring. And so when people see that, especially in People magazine or on television, it's a really cool thing. But at the same time, you know, like the the biggest loser and other shows can take that way too far. So uh, sure, it's, it's been a wonderful journey. And I just thanks so many of you for listening and, and being there from the beginning, including you, Clark. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's cool. It's cool to see you on there, man. It's cool to see the big time uh, network TVs. And going back to what you said about people seeing like a transformation on a big network show and then they want to get inspired and apply everything. Um, do you think that's just because it was someone doing it live with you? Or uh, I guess to back up, uh, describe the show, describe the process yeah. briefly for people who maybe haven't seen My Diet's Better Than Yours. Right. So, firstly, while I was filming it, the show's title was Diet Wars. And I thought <laughs> that was pretty cool. That's cool. I like and that. And yeah. I can't tell you the whole backstory, but uh, ABC basically had to change the name last minute because of another network who said that they used that name and for something else like years before. So, yeah. it went from having like a pretty cool name to a really weird name. But basically, the way that it was set up is you have five people who have about 100 pounds to lose in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, they were set up with five, at the beginning, five uh, celebrity coaches, including me. And each one had a different approach. So you had a, a vegan approach. You had the wild diet, which I did. You had uh, more of a, a traditional nutrition nutritionist on the show and a few other ones. And over the course of 14 weeks you try to help that person lose that extra weight your way. The twist of the show is that those people who you're, you're working with, they call them the, the contestants, but the people who have to oh. lose the weight, they can eliminate their trainer or their coach every single week. Oh, so if wow. they don't like you or you're not getting results, you're gone. Uh, and also, you know, when you're on a reality show like that, they're basically trying to put you in a lot of situations yeah. where, where you'll crack, lose your head and then create a lot of drama. So it's you're up against TV. that. <laughs> so basically it's a, uh, it's set up, uh, in a way that's kind of similar to the biggest loser, except in, in, in the sense that it's a, uh, a weight loss competition, but it focused a bit more on health cause we tracked body fat and a lot of health markers as well as, uh, they were living at home and working their actual job. So they weren't at this place where they could work out, you know, eight to 10 hours a day and take, I mean, 
all the stuff that came out yeah. of it about the biggest loser is really nasty but also it's uh it's not that relevant to people's actual lives when you see something like that because the people on the biggest loser are working out so hard they're not working their their actual jobs they're not taking care of their family they're right. not living at home the people on our show were all at home they're all doing their their real job so it was cool to uh try to make it a little bit more real life yeah it's kind of uh, I guess what the bachelor would be to like a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, cause like, yeah, w- why do people get married on the bachelor? Well, it's cause your full time job is to go to New Zealand and have a picnic on a beach. <laughs> like, and then you go back and there's like hair around your sink and yeah. it's like, where did the love go? Well, yeah. it, I mean, you were at a resort and now you're back home. So I guess the biggest loser would be like that because your full time job is to lose weight, focus on that. And right. And my diet's better than yours or diet wars. Um, (laughs) I want to keep calling it that. That's awesome. I do too. I was so bummed when they said, okay, it's going to be called my diet. It's better than yours. I'm like, I don't know if I can ever be associated with that. (laughs) But it worked out really well. And actually, the show was just bad enough to be timeless, I think. You know, it's kind of got that cheesy 80s feel. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's it's got good rewatchability on Hulu. And stuff. I saw some clips you posted on uh, your YouTube you? channel. Yeah, I was seeing it. I didn't see yeah. the full show, but it's a really cool concept, man. And I mm-hmm. I got to say, like, that's cool that they did it in real time because that's more relatable to like the person yeah. listening right now driving in their car to this podcast. Right. I mean, they don't have time to give up their full time job. They can barely make it to the gym two or three times a week. You know, they got yeah. kids are taken care of. They got bills they have to pay. They can't just say, OK, I'm going on this resort vacation to lose weight. So I like that it's meeting people with where they're at. Um, yeah. Did you get fired? <laughs> I never got fired. I was oh, one of the, the nice. very few who did not get fired. Uh, my guy, Kurt, is just a total ham bone. And like I said, we're, we're still great friends. But he's this monster of a man. You know, he's like six foot. Well, so he was six foot uh, five, six foot six. And then he was in a serious car accident a few years ago. And now he's about six, four, six, five, because he broke so much of his neck and spine. So he has a lot of... Uh, various issues but the mental strength that he had and the ability to stay positive and focus was uh, so inspiring for me to see working up close with someone like that for for so long you really become family and so it helped me one of the reasons I wanted to do the show is because you know I've been doing coaching uh, for quite a long time for for health and, and performance and other things like that but not you don't usually take someone who is that sick and that overweight? You know, those aren't usually the people who are like, okay, I'm ready. You know, I'm almost 400 pounds. Let's go exercise. That's not usually the way it works. So um, that was the real challenge is taking someone from basically a different place of identity almost, right? He'd never heard of uh, certainly the wild diet, paleo, health food stuff. You know, he, he tried the HCG diet hmm. uh, where he was limiting himself, I think the less than he and his wife did this less than 800 calories a day, shooting himself with all these different hormones with a doctor. And, uh, over the course of, I believe it was three, three months, he lost like 30, 40 pounds or something like that, then gained all of it back and more because he was starving and his prostate numbers started going way up out of whack, which basically predict cancer down the road. So he's like, I can't do this anymore. And then he just kind of gave up. You know, he's tried so many different approaches to this. I wanted to help him realize that it's uh, it's a lot it's a lot more straightforward than most people think it is. You know, I I don't want to say easy because it's it's not an easy thing, but it it can be relatively simple. And uh, when you know what to do, how to eat, 
and the fact that most of your results are going to be come, coming from your nutrition, not the way you exercise, it can really make it easier to go from that place of I give up, I'll, I'll eat you know a bunch of ice cream or pizza or whatever because I don't know what to do, um, to okay, I'm going to make at least half my plate veggies and I'm going to make sure I'm eating enough high quality protein and I'm not going to be afraid of fat anymore. And once he started doing that, I mean, he lost 16 pounds the first week and he's like, Oh, what? You know, because yeah. he was the only one who was eating delicious steak and, you know, cheese and indulgence food. We had a, a whole dessert party and stuff like that while other people were out running 10 miles and starving themselves. So yeah. it was really powerful to see how well this works when you do it right and when you work with your body instead of against it. Yeah, that's really fascinating, man. Um, I, just when you were saying that, I was thinking and scratching my head like a lot of it seems weight loss, diet, paleo, all this stuff comes down to what you're eating yes but a lot of it's what you're not eating yeah and exactly that's probably why he was able to eat the steaks and eat all that stuff because when you eliminate you know some inflammatory foods or foods that don't work for you or you're not supposed to eat quote unquote right. even in moderation they're going to do damage and wreak havoc on your body yeah um so i guess describe the overall wild diet you had kurt on through the whole process i'm sure people yeah. are curious what it looked like so that, that the short answer is basically just like start with that plate. I want to make it nice and simple for people because it doesn't have to be this ethereal thing where you're talking about all these different vitamins and nutrients. 10,000 years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. Basically, what you want to do is instead of eliminating the foods that uh, you might have thought were bad five or 10 years ago, like I did, I eliminated uh, basically anything with saturated fat in it, butter, steak, eggs, cheese, uh, and, and most fats in pretty much every form um, they come in, I tried to keep that down. And you have to replace it with something. So I replaced it with carbs, mostly whole grain carbs or like whole grain breads and, and things like that. And then I got fat and sick and was on a half dozen different prescription medications, except I was, you know, 23, 24 years old. Hmm. So the way that I, I came up with this is basically by working with people for years. My mom's a holistic nurse practitioner. So I was raised on a bunch of like weird bombs and, and tinctures and alternative medicine and herbs. Uh, and, and so basically the wild diet is all about honoring nature's intelligence at a very high philosophical level. There's this world that we're eating from right now, which is factory food, industrialized food, and it's hyper processed. And I believe it's somewhere around 67, 68% of the foods that we're eating today in America are hyper-processed, ultra-processed food from this industrialized system. So it's sick animals. It's a lot of grains that are slathered in pesticides and chemicals that our bodies really aren't well adapted to eat. You know, if, if you want to make a cow fat, you feed it grains, you feed it corn. If you want to make a human fat, you do exactly the same thing, and it works very predictably. So where does that leave us? What, what do we eat? So on one side, you have this industrialized factory farm world that makes us sick and fat. On the other side, you have nature. When your body eats something that's fresh out of a garden, it doesn't even really matter what was growing in that garden. When it's fresh and it comes from nature, your body knows exactly what to do with it. And it's probably going to help you trend back toward being healthy and lean. It's not necessarily about losing weight. It's about getting out of your body's way and allowing it to heal itself. And it'll do that if you feed it the right nutrients. So the things that we need are uh, lots of colorful plants, uh, mostly veggies. Uh, and, and so instead of focusing on grains 
and soy and, and corn and, and some of the other things that are really popular in uh, the Western world, you want to focus mostly on veggies. And then instead of uh, avoiding fat and eliminating that, you actually need to focus on getting the right kinds of fat and eating it on purpose. So things that uh, are extremely fatty and have a lot of calories in them are avocado, coconut, butter, steak, the things that I was talking about before. But you actually want calories. You don't want to reduce them too much. You want to eat food that's going to fill you up, not food that's going to make you hungrier. So the wild diet is all about selecting foods and building your plate around fresh foods that come from nature in their natural form. If you're eating animals, they're healthy animals that were raised on their natural diet that that nature selected for them. Uh, And when you follow that and you basically eliminate the hyper-processed foods, you eliminate the human equivalent of dog kibble that most of us are eating. And and instead, you eat the things that I was talking about before, the veggies, the high-quality proteins, could be fish, steak, uh, dairy, if that works well with you. And then not even being afraid of, uh, you know, beans and rice and, and things like that in their traditional whole forms, the way that people are eating them around the world that have some sort of tradition uh, instead of industry that's that's determining how we eat our food. So it's all about eating real food and getting back to nature. And uh, it's not nearly as crazy as it sounds like. And once you realize you don't have to eliminate delicious food from your diet anymore, life gets a lot better. <laughs> once you can have the steak and eat it too. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's funny you say kibble because my friend's dog, who is uh, a French bulldog, you know, Frenchies. Yeah. I think they're the most ugly thing on earth, but that's a story (laughs) for another time. Um, This thing needed, you know, they have huge heads and big bodies the size of their head, but it needed at two years old, like five different pills a day just because it has so much congestion and I think they're inbred so they can't really breathe right or something like that. Skin folds um, get all infected. Yeah. yeah, it had a lot of health problems. So she switched it to a raw food diet after reading online that can minimize it. And mm-hmm. she took out the kibble and it went down to two pills a day. Yeah. Isn't and, that amazing? Yeah. And so that's a big trend in dogs, too, is eliminating kibble and putting them on raw food. And yeah. so what you said about, you know, feed grains to cows, fatten them up, works the same way with us. Dogs eat kibble. Yeah. I mean, that's very true if you just look at your pet in your house. Totally. And it's one of the I think it's an inroads to help people realize that that this is what we should have been doing the whole time. Anyway, it doesn't blow anyone's mind to think that like a dog should probably be eating, you know, bones and raw meat and things like that. You know, in the wild, that's exactly what they eat. You don't see a fat wolf. (laughs) You don't see uh, fat animals in the wild. Uh, And it's not because they're starving all the time. It's because they're eating foods in their natural forms and the body wants to be at its ideal weight. Uh, You know, being overweight is unnatural and it's basically a side effect of feeding yourself low quality food for too long or some sort of health issue, um, which may or may not be related to that. So it can be really complicated for certain people, but for most people, it's a function of eating the wrong things for too long. And if you're young, or if you have a high metabolism or you have brilliant genetics, you can get away with it for a while. But I think what we're seeing as we, as we look around uh, year after year, it's getting worse, not better. And we need people to realize that, uh, that when you do start eating a different way, it completely changes who you are and how you're built. One thing that I think is super interesting, if, if you do look at Hollywood, if you look at uh, 
some of the people in the past few years, you could tell that they were not in great shape. Right. Uh, what's what's the guy's name from Jurassic Park? The the main guy. Yes. Who's, I who's on Parks and Recreation also. So anyway, it'll come to me in a second. I'm sure people who are listening right now are screaming. Yeah. Anyway. So there are a ton of people who have gone from basically being kind of flabby or 30 pounds overweight. The the comedian from uh, Silicon Valley is another example. You see these people who are really overweight who kind of got the memo, right? Or they started working with a trainer or a coach who like understands how they should be eating. And all of a sudden, you know, they look 10 years younger again after slowly gaining weight or getting puffier and puffier. And then on the other side, you can see some people who are not doing that. And it really shows up in their face, in their energy. And I want people to realize that this is under your control. And once you learn like the, the simple principles about how to eat right and listen to your body and kind of make slight adjustments over time, you can join uh, the, the kind of like health elite in a lot of ways or the health hackers, right? The people who are taking it into their own hands. When you outsource it too much, you know, that was my problem. When I, when I was in my early 20s, I basically listened to everything that my doctor told me to do and did it. As opposed to, you know, putting it through some sort of check in my own head saying, does this make any sense at all? Should I really be taking drugs for the rest of my life? Those are questions that you need to be asking yourself. You need to take your health into your own hands. And once you do that, it it becomes fun to tweak things over time. And uh, the little parts of your diet are always changing, like the, the exact ratio of carbs you might be eating on a certain day or if you're stressed or something like that. Or if you're male or female or going through pregnancy or getting older, that's always going to be tweaking. Uh, you're always going to be tweaking that. But uh, it, it gets fun over time. And uh, one of the, the strange things that happens is that you start to look, I, I think as the years go on, you start to look kind of the same age if you're treating yourself well. You know, you meet some people who are in their 60s and 70s, they could easily be in their 30s. That's what I want to be. That's why I'm doing this. I'm not doing it for a six pack or to be in the health and fitness industry and a big guru or something. It's like, let's maximize longevity. Uh, and because once you do that, once you get that energy, all of the other parts of your life start to get so much better. You can be there for your family. You can care for your kids. That was the biggest why that drove Kurt through the process on the show is like he realized that he almost died three times in the past few years and he was going to die and not be able to be there for his family, for his wife for his kids, for his grandkids, and that that crushed him. And so mm-hmm. he had this fire to make sure that, that he did it. And he got to that point where he could take his health into his own hands. And I was so help, happy to help him do that. And uh, I hope that that's what people take away from all of this. Not that you know you can lose a bunch of weight because you can, but you can get back to that, that normal or ideal weight that you're supposed to be at, that, that high school weight, and then have your health back, which gives you just decades of your life back to do something awesome sure and you know i think with uh as you're talking i was thinking about losing weight diet fat loss health i mean there's so much frustration with it people have tried certain diets that have failed and not given them the results they want and then they're like okay this thing's coming on and it's this like cycle of belief and then let down belief and let down and they get really excited over something and then it kind of lets them down and so um going stripping all that away and going back to what's natural nature raw uh at the start is a good way to base things off of there's not a lot of hype around that though so it's, sometimes it's hard to to sell on that so i'm curious with kurt yeah he lost 16 pounds you said the first week mm-hmm. um 
what was his approach like when he's tried things in the past? You know, obviously, if you're X amount of pounds overweight, it's not like you've yeah. never thought about losing weight. You've tried things. Oh, he's yeah. Well, he tried almost everything. And he has such a great wife named Alicia. And she usually does whatever he's doing with him. You know, so if it's the HCG diet, they'll do it together. Or, you know, they, they tried so many different ones, but almost all of them really focused on just starving yourself in one way or another. And usually how it works is in the traditional diet, fitness, nutrition industry, you're like, I have this this plan that's going to help you lose a bunch of weight. Here's the deal. Here's how it works. When you sign up for it, you uh, you get the plan, and it basically tells you, eat very little amounts of food. And by the way, we make very small amounts of food that we'll ship to you, and you can eat that, and only that, and you'll lose weight. So that's and basically how... how Wait, what's that? And our supplements. And the supplements, hey, right. So you, you sell this plan that has food that, that, that basically sentences you to eating prepackaged processed food, but very small amounts of it. Uh, and when you starve yourself, yeah, you lose weight for a little while. But then you feel like you're starving and you hate your life and you're hangry all the time and you haven't solved the problem at all. If you just buy those little portion control things and you still – uh, eat all the junky mashed potatoes or, or the fried food or the pizza, you know, or, or you hear Oprah. It, it bugs me so much when I hear some people who are still somewhat overweight, who are giving advice about like, you can eat as much bread as you want. You can eat as much sugar and cake and whatever, as long as you buy it from our company. Yeah. Right. And that's the that's the thing that most people have signed up for and been burned by in one way or another so many times over the years or even you go this happened to me you know it's like i was trying to eat healthy when i was a young adult i would, I would go into safeway or i'd go into the grocery store and i'd go and buy the the health food right this stuff that said diet on it that had no sugar no fat or no calories or no whatever and you're buying processed food if you do that and what the the way to get out of all of this is by uh eating real food once again following your body's natural intelligence. And if you do that for a while, some people lose weight right away with zero counting. That that happened with Kurt. You know, of course, we weren't going nuts. It was a weight loss competition, right? We weren't going overboard, but we, we never counted a single calorie the entire time. And at the beginning, for the first two weeks, I knew that I could be eliminated. So I basically wanted to show him how well you could be eating while still getting results. And once he saw the results combined with how well he was eating, that's when it really got him. He's like, oh, I like this. I like this guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with this. It yeah. works and I'm eating so much better, better than everyone else. And I'm eating so much better than I ever have before, you know, because he would always feel guilty about eating that steak or that hamburger or, or, or butter or anything with fat on it. And I kind of helped him take that guilt away and say, no, you have to feed yourself something. And like you said, Clark, before, it's not necessarily about what you're eating as much as what you're not eating. If you want to get results, there's no way around it. You have to stop eating junk food or junk food disguised as, as health food hmm. for the majority of your diet. You just there's a certain quota that you can get away with. You don't have to give up, you know, birthday cake forever, but you also can't be eating the equivalent of birthday cake every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that's what happens when you have cereal for breakfast or a muffin or a bagel or something like that, and then you have uh, you know, a big hoagie for lunch and then you have pizza for dinner. That's basically like having the macronutrient equivalent of uh, cake 
every single meal and you're going to gain weight over time. So eliminating some of those foods, like the coolest part about eating this way is you're eliminating foods that you actually didn't really like that much at the beginning because it's food that as soon as you eat it, you're hungrier, right? Kibble. And so you're eliminating the food that makes you hungry and you're focusing on eating the food that fills you up. And he was like, Kurt was stunned when he went shopping the first time. He's like, well, first of all, he was surprised at how much um, it cost when we checked out because he looked at it and it's mostly just like green veggies and, you know, some meats and stuff like, like cost that. Cost expensive or cost cheap? Yeah. Well, it, at first he thought it was expensive because yeah. you're not getting the boxes and the bags, which are mostly empty space. Yeah. Right. And so it, like it filled up fewer bags and he's just like, usually I get this many bags for, for that amount of money. And I'm just like, wait a second and watch in the next two weeks. It'll be really hard for you to finish this food. And, uh, of course, over the next like week or two, him and his wife were just like, this food has gone like four times longer than any of our other food normally does because we don't, you know, when we eat it, it fills us up. You don't have to keep coming back to the cupboards and coming back to the freezer to get ice cream and other things like that because you don't have the cravings all day. It's like you sit down, you eat your meal and you're satisfied. And it's such a beautiful thing that mo- that most people have completely lost sight of. You know, before I started eating this way, I was hungry all the time and not that pleasant of a person a lot of the time, especially if I didn't have food. Um, once you get out of that, it's just, it, it's like you have a brand new personality and a better one, one that has a lot more focus. And you can see that show up on the show because almost everyone else on the show, uh, the ABC show cracked and Kurt kept it together. And it was so cool watching him go from being a sugar burner at the beginning to being a fat burner, which is another thing that the wild diet does. And that's, you know, with fat burning man, that's kind of the idea is, is you want to focus on burning fat and you have to eat fat to, to burn fat. But it has a lot of mental effects where you have more clarity and focus and control over your emotions. You don't have this up and down roller coaster like you get with sugar. So it was fascinating and wonderful to see him uh, really transform in front of my eyes and be able to maintain that, that focus and that mental clarity uh, because we were put through some, they just try to break you, you know, like when you're on a show like that, they try to break you as much as possible, as often as possible, get you ticked off to completely lose it. And almost everyone did except for the two of us. And I was hmm. so proud of them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know a lot of people are thinking, okay, I'm listening to my diets better than yours. Wild sounds good, but Abel, what about the exercise? What did you yeah. do with Kurt? What was your exercise protocol, if at all? So because of Kurt's past injuries i didn't have that many options and and he didn't either you know i I got the sheet from the doctor at the beginning and because of his car accidents and broken neck and he had um systemic staff throughout his body which also wreaked a bunch of havoc and you know so many past injuries and he was the oldest one by far so a grandpa and uh i think with the second day he another old injury came up because we had to do like all these workout challenges and stuff like that which is mostly tv magic that i mean that wasn't something that I designed or, or whatever. But he cracked his tibia, so he had a broken leg throughout the entire competition. Uh, and so I, I had him focus as much as possible on the nutrition piece and said, you know, the vast majority of your results, if you do this right and you stick to it, and I know it's not easy at the beginning to make changes, but if you do this, this will work better than the people who are starving themselves and running a ton. Because what, what happens to them is they're losing muscle 
and you're going to be maintaining muscle. The way that you want to do that is by doing functional exercises, so very simple ones that focus on your entire body and the big muscles in your body. So uh, I, I did a couple of things with kettlebells with him to focus on squats, uh, doing like an air press or a deadlift that, that hit you know the thighs, the glutes, the back, and the core. And that was the main focus for everything. And then just combining that with walking uh, was the main exercise piece for all that. So he exercised by far the least of anyone on that show because other people were doing two-a-days most of the time. They'd wake up in the morning, sometimes at 4 a.m., they'd exercise. And then you know before the end of the day, they'd do another big session. And for Kurt, he'd go for a walk because he was – he also probably had the most busy job of anyone on that show too. So, you know, he's making six figures a year. He's a salesman and has been working for decades at that company, doing a really good job. I'm, I'm proud of the way that he works and how hard he works and he is too. So he does, he, you know, he's not the type of person who has time yeah. to go out and run 10 miles every day. Uh, so I, I wanted to meet him where he was. And I think for most people, there's – there's the idea that you need to become like this cardio bunny or this fitness personality or this this runner or whatever. Run on if, the beach with the trash bag on. Yeah. Rocky theme song. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's that's the industry and that's the way that it's set up. And the fitness industry is it's in their best interest to confuse everyone and into thinking that they need to do that or buy new shoes in order to lose weight. But that's not the way that it works. So I was I was really clear with Kurt about that from the beginning and he seemed he seemed to get it and I also knew that you know I grew up as a runner I like to run it's it's something that I've always really enjoyed I, I don't do a ton of it anymore but I still do some and I really like it but he's not like that you know someone who's almost 50 years old who's you know six foot who was six foot six but now like six foot four six foot five because of a car accident that crushed his spine like that's not someone who should be running uh and uh or even doing any sort of exercise that's really going to stress the body more than it helps it. So uh, at the same time, what we we focused on walks, usually like a 20-minute walk, 30-minute walk, at least once a day, uh, preferably twice a day. That's what I do just for, for my own mental sanity. I, I feel like that that feels a lot better. And then getting some sort of functional strength combined with sufficient protein while you're trying to lose weight is the trick to not losing too much muscle. If you're trying to starve yourself and still fueling with carbs and exercising a ton, that's what leads to muscle loss. So when you look at the at the end, um, it was Kurt and Jasmine. The Jasmine was one of the other people who did the more uh, kind of traditional nutrition mm-hmm. approach. And she lost 13 percentage points of body fat. Um, Kurt lost 22 percentage points of body fat. And the difference between those two plans really showed up in the amount of muscle loss that you saw. And that's when you're losing weight, you really want to prevent yourself from losing muscle. You want to even grow muscle if you can and build muscle. You want to lose fat specifically and selectively. And so when you eat this way, um, then it allows you to basically target that fat and start running on fat as your main fuel, whether you're exercising or not. And that's when most of the fat loss happens. Not when you're exercising and punishing yourself, but when you're eating right and your body is fueling from your fat stores. And and so that's what we were trying to do. And it's incredible how little exercise you can get away with when you're eating right. 
But it seems like it only works if you're eating right because a lot of people mm-hmm. put all their eggs in the exercise right. basket and then that almost justifies poor eating behaviors and yeah. sugar consumption. Right. Um, and so you really got to be accountable to yourself. If You got to go all in with the diet, it sounds like. Yeah, you do. And that's so that's what I said. Instead of taking this motivation that I know you have to go out and, and, and punish your body for a few hours – Take that willpower and use it instead to make sure that you're not eating Oreos when, you know, your coworkers show up with them yeah. uh, in the afternoon when when you really want that. Right. Focus on that and, and put it there. And that's the thing that really led him to success. And I think the more that you do that, the more it it makes that other stuff not food and not worth it. You know, I've asked a lot of people who um, either are Olymp- Olympians or have worked with people at a very, very high level. And I'm like, what's the difference that, that you think uh, Olympians have like in, the, in their habits or, or their identity that most other people don't when it comes to body composition, nutrition? And they say, well, it's for someone who's an Olympian, they basically sacrifice almost every part of their life. That includes food in a lot of ways. They're not going out and, and thinking about eating a brownie because a brownie might taste good. They're eating a very specific, planned out nutritional regimen. Every single day, they're, they're following this because they want to get a half second faster or they want to get a little bit stronger or something. They're 100% dedicated to that. And so like if someone tries to give them pizza or an Oreo, they're like, Dude, screw off, right? Or if someone tries to date them, they're like, screw off, right? I'm doing this. Yeah. And uh, so I think you can, you can learn from that. And I've tried to in, in my own life. Yes, food can be a wonderful celebration. But, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five or whatever, I'm eating right. And I'm not focusing on um, treating myself or playing psychological games with food. It's like, let's get the, the most nutrition we can to give us the best energy for, for myself and my wife so that we can go out and crush it in the real world. And that's that's what it should be about. It's not about, you know, being having uh, you know a fast food company commandeer your attention and then make you feel like crap for the rest of the day so I, that was one of the things that that kurt learned um throughout that process but at the same time like you said when you go back and there's a bunch of hair in the sink and the, your place is disgusting and it's your normal life yeah once again and all of a sudden the cameras aren't there there's no prize or whatever it really it's a challenge for everybody because you need to make health, I think, a part of your identity. Uh, it needs to be one of those things where if someone ribs you, you know, you go out to lunch with your coworkers and they're just like, oh my God, you're getting a salad. You can smile and say, yes, I am. And not worry about it and be that guy or yeah. that, that girl. Uh, and that will be the thing that will save your life in the end. Because if you don't do that and someone's just like, hey, you want to get the chips or hey, you want to get this, this big dessert every time you go out and you're the person who says yes, uh, that's the thing that'll get you into trouble. So, you, so if you can get a handle on that um, over time, even if it's just a little bit at a time, it will pay you huge dividends down the road. So I'm still working with Kurt. You know, it's not it's not as easy as reality TV can make it out for the people who do really well. You know, it's still a constant struggle for everybody, including me. Uh, and and that's an, a really important thing to learn. Sean T, who hosted the show. The uh, you know who did the yeah, insanity, insanity. Workouts and, yeah, yeah hip hop abs. We become really yeah, good friends, guy. and he's, he's a wonderful guy. But a few weeks ago, he had a really terrible injury and, and cut open his uh, his hand. So all of a sudden, he couldn't 
do workouts. But he's Sean T and has to have these you know perfect six pack abs all the time. But if you can't work out, that becomes really problematic. So we all struggle, and uh, and that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm so active, and I think you are too, uh, Clark, in this space because it's a lifelong journey. And there are things that you can learn about it and little tweaks that you can make, but you have to dedicate yourself to being that health nut for the rest of your life. Yeah. All right. So I guess transitioning now, uh, we are at like 39 minutes. This is flying by, Abel. This is a fun (laughs) one. Um, We do have some closing questions, but to kind of wrap up that big discussion we had, some takeaways I'm getting for the people at home is identify yourself as a healthy person. And make that your identity. Uh, cut the kibble. You know, sometimes it's about what you're not doing. Yeah. Um, be accountable to your diet, and then exercise for functional patterns, movement, and don't put all your eggs in the es- exercise basket. Put them in the diet basket. Anything else? That yeah. Really- well, okay. So one of the things that'll help from an identity perspective, I think, is not saying I'm on a diet. Like what diet is supposed to mean? And the reason I call them my book and approach the wild diet is diet is the food that you eat or the the food that an animal habitually eats. And so that basically the way that I think about diet is the way that I think about nutrition. You need to focus on it and see it as something that isn't shackling you, but empowering you. So if someone, you know, ribs me for eating a salad, which they don't anymore because they basically, they know what I do. This is, this is who I am now. It didn't used to be like that. Yeah. But, um, you, you can get there too, right? It's one of those things where if you say to yourself, I really want the cake, but I'm going to get the salad, then you're shackled by your diet. You're on a diet. But no one ever accuses me of being on a diet. And I eat things that aren't on that diet all the time. You, like I said, you have that quota. And so instead of thinking, I'm on a diet, I should get the vegetables or the salad or something like that or, or the chicken or whatever. I don't really think about it that way. I still have a lot of fun with it because you can build delicious meals. But instead of thinking about just the food or the deprivation or something else like that, I'm focusing on, I'm going to eat this food to feel as great as I can to go crush it in something else, right? To go do these interviews, to go write a book or meet with my wife or go out on a big hike or spend time with family. That's why you're eating. You're not eating to like feel good for 15 seconds. You're eating to fuel your body to live your life. And if you do that the right way, then you don't care about the brownies anymore. Or at least, you know, you don't care about the crappy brownies that are full of junk. You'll make them at home yourself and they'll taste so much better anyway. So it's, it's definitely a lifestyle so much more than it is a diet. One of my favorite closing questions we ask all our guests, but it's kind of warning. It's going to go from zero to 60 in like 20 seconds. Hit it. Uh, Looking at 2016, Abel, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned so far? Oh, yeah, that is that's a good one. It's a deep one. One that I've been playing with recently is that. I think you kind of need to learn the edges to come back to your sweet spot. So for me. I've always loved to self-experiment and try things and push them a little bit too far. You know, whether it's fasting, carb restriction, too many carbs, right? This is the thing that got me in the problem in the first place of being 23, 24 years old, following all the greatest advice from the doctors and being overweight, sick and all those on those prescription meds. But if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't know how bad that was, right? I found the edge 
And then I came back to the sweet spot that made sense. Similar thing with fasting. It's like if you, um, if you fast every day and don't eat until dinner, you can do that for a while and it can actually work really well. But if you do it for too long and you start to feel worse instead of better, you found the edge again. You need to come back to your sweet spot. And so that's, that's the cool piece mm. because as the years go by, as you get older or you learn more things, you need to stay loose. You need to be open to new ideas and making tweaks to your diet, to your body, to your lifestyle. And, and that's the thing that I've really been focusing on the most recently is understanding where those edges are. Because when you're on the edge, you don't necessarily realize it. You just know that you're not, that things aren't working as well. And you need to find your way back. And so for everyone at home, there's no like 100% perfect diet for you that you'll ever find unless you try it yourself. And, uh, so I, I guess my, my piece of advice there is find, find that edge and try to realize when you're there and then make it back to that sweet spot. So don't push it too far for too long. There's a tendency to do that, right? You feel great when you're first doing something and you believe that more is better. Reel it in, be honest with yourself, listen to your body. And that like when you really focus on listening to your body and making that the main skill that you build, then you can do anything for the rest of your life. Because who knows, you might need 500 grams of carbs someday. And that might be exactly what your body needs. But um, you won't know that unless you really focus on learning that natural intelligence that I was talking about before. When you literally listen to your gut, it can teach you so much more than your silly brain can. Some tweetables in there, Abel. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So... Fat Burning Man, your podcast, it's been, I think, number one in eight different countries now. How many episodes yeah. have you, you done? Over 200 now. Over 200? Yeah. Do yeah. you have one that people listening right now, like, uh, really stands out in your mind that's like a hit single? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, if you like Shanti, that one is excellent. That's from a few weeks ago, uh, actually a few months ago at this point, and then I've been talking about Kurt as well on this show. So I did a a whole show with him. I think I'm going to be doing another one. Check that one out because it's so fascinating. At the beginning, he knew next to nothing about my approach, you know, like day one, week one. And you hear him on my show after all of this. And he's like a genius. He's explaining all of these various things about the way that this, this nutrition plan works, why it worked, the results that he got as a true you know, like nutrition hero. So we took him from someone who really was lost to someone who can now teach so many other people about how to eat right. Especially he can teach someone who is coming from that place of obesity much better than I can because I've never been that overweight. I've never been that sick. I I got a taste of it. But that's one of the things that I love so much because uh, a lot of people who are listening who haven't made that big change yet They might not have done it because they assume that it's out of reach. But I think when you listen to that show with Kurt, you'll realize that that anyone can do this. And in fact, you have to. Yeah. Awesome, Abel. And then the wild diet, um, people can pick that up. I know it's on Amazon. Anywhere else you wanted to send them? Yeah, basically anywhere books are sold. But the easiest place to find uh, the wild diet, me and all the cool stuff is fatburningman.com. And uh, I have a really active newsletter where you can get a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I'm I've been having a lot of fun with recently. So that's all at fatburningman.com. And of course, social media, I'm, I'm really active. So I can't get back to absolutely everybody all the time, but I do the best I can. I read as much as I can. So yeah. love hearing from you guys. Awesome, Abel. Thanks for coming on round three, man. That was awesome. Sweet. Thank you, Clark. 
Abel James, everyone. Round three. Uh, listen, paleohacks.com, we are blowing it up with the recipes, articles, and our archives are over there. So if you want to check out more shows, if you want more of this kind of content, head on over there. Uh, if you want the video versions, if you're listening on audio, you can go to YouTube. And if you're on YouTube and you don't have the time to sit and watch 50-minute conversations, no worries. We're on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Just Google Paleo Hacks. Or I guess you would iTunes Paleo Hacks. A lot of you know we've been talking about the end of the Paleo Hacks podcast. We have been doing this for three years now. Uh, st- I started as an intern, turned into my first job out of college, really. Uh, loved every single show, all our guests that we did, and it was just a really good experience. But our time has come to an end. We're mutually parting ways. There's no bad blood or anything like that. Uh, we're just both allocating our energy elsewhere. And so this is one of the last shows. I believe we have four more after this one, potentially five. Um, so stick around for those. But if you do want to listen to our archives, I would just urge you to go back through and listen to our previous shows. We got over 100 on there. Remember, if you do one a week, that's two years of content just based on our old shows. Um, and if you want to stay in touch with me, I would love that. Send me an email to Clark at ClarkDanger.com or go over to ClarkDanger.com and get on the mailing list by downloading the 11 questions to change your life. All right, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Really enjoyed that call. And until next week, I'll see you then. You still playing music? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, did you hear that whole thing about the album I put out last year? I did not. No, what's it called? It's called Swamp Thing. Swamp. And I did it with the guys from the Tim McGraw band, but it's like blues funk. Me doing like Sly Stone nice. <laughs> type okay. stuff. Yeah, I, I remember uh, one of my moments figuring out podcasting was like two or three years ago. I think you were like our fifth guest. Yeah. And I never, for, you know, you have these memories in your mind of like podcasting that like stick out. And right. I remember this one thing I said to you, I'm like, yeah, you're a musician, so we should jam sometime when you start playing real music. And I've, <laughs> it's like never left my mind. It's like, <laughs> like what a douchebag comment, Clark. No, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't, I don't even remember that, but I think that's, that's hilarious. So sorry um, from three years ago for insulting you on Oh, it. thanks, man. Well, I appreciate that, but I never held it against you for sure. Uh,